0: Mindful Biz Podcast. I'm Alison Morgan, business coach at Relauncher. Maddie Scarf, founder of Tech Mask, joins us in today's episode. Tech Mask is an Australian-owned business and a leading provider of stylish disposable face masks. In this episode, we talk about launching the business overseas, bringing the business to Australia, and how they've faced the challenges of marketing a product with a stigma attached. Hi Maddie. thank you so much for joining us here today. How are you?
1: I'm good. Thank you, Alison. Thank you so much for having me.
0: It's an absolute pleasure. So, we've got a really interesting conversation ahead of us beyond your product, which we'll talk about in a minute. um, As I mentioned just before we hit record, I'm really interested because you launched overseas before you launched in Australia, which is quite the opposite of what a lot of businesses do. So, before we kick into everything, um, I'd love you to tell us a little bit about you and how you came to launching TechMask.
1: So, my name's Madeline Scarf, Um, more commonly go by Maddie. I'm 27 years old, graduated with a marketing degree from Sydney University and um, always enjoyed marketing, sales, working with people. But um, overall, I think what I'm most passionate about is being able to make a difference and help people in whatever way I can. Um, My father has been in fashion for maybe 30 years or so. And so I've been surrounded by fashion for as long as I can remember. And when this concept, the concept of tech mask, came about, it was something that really excited me because it was an opportunity to not only create a product that is fashionable, but can also help people in times of need based on the benefits that they offer.
0: Yeah. Which is okay. So my first question is, what kind of fashion was your father into?
1: He was in menswear. Um, so he was. They started off as the Scarf Brothers years ago, and then developed into the corporate apparel group, which had Ron Bennett, Tony Barlow, um, those brands. So he was quite familiar with with fashion and trends at the time in the men's area, right.
0: <laughs> menswear area. Okay, yes. all right then. And so you then went travelling with your father over to, to Japan?
1: Yes, so the way that this started was, um, oh gosh, I want to say more than six, five, six years ago. We flew to Japan, we got off the flight and we happened to get quite sick from the flight, which is quite common. Many people I speak to having the cold, cold all through whilst travelling. So we landed under the weather noticed many people wearing face masks and we could totally appreciate that I mean we're sick you probably don't want to catch what, we're, what we have and that's fine but we couldn't understand why the face masks were all white and clinical looking we we're in Tokyo fashion capital of the world and we started joking around and we thought you know why not put Brad Pitt's face on there or George's <laughs> face on there and after a few discussions it became a the concept was developed. We thought, why not take the commodity and make it a fashion accessory? And of
0: course. Like, <laughs> yeah. why has no one else done this?
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Whilst incorporating the benefits of the product itself.
0: Amazing. All right, then. So, how long, like, from this idea to actual, you know, launching the business, what was the process and how long did it take?
1: So, it took a lot of research and development. I was working other various jobs at the start of this, Um Um, So I would say that was about 2012 and then we officially launched in Japan by opening the first pop-up store there in 2015 in Amoto Sando.
0: Okay. Right. So how did you know how to launch a product over in Japan?
1: It was very difficult. (laughs) I bet. It was very, very difficult. Look, when we first saw the product and we were in the market that we were in, we thought it was just, it made sense, you know. Enter Japan. It's a product that's already well-known over there, um, used commonly. Why not enter in the market where we can see the need for it, right? And, yes, it was difficult, and in hindsight, um, you know, I I probably would have done things differently. Mind you, the experience was unbelievable. We were in um, over 100 stores over there nationwide. We were picked up by Vogue Japan, La Magazine, Elle Online. So it was great, but um, I learned being in the Japanese market that, I, I wasn't there myself. I was working out of out of Sydney. I which was, was to ask that, yeah. That was difficult in itself. So you've got to oversee people over there, um, also people who are pretty much doing your job because you're not there doing it. So um, although it, that was difficult, the language barrier was difficult. Um, it, it became, although, you know, there was a lot of... Um, Recognition. We're in a number of stores. There was money coming in. It it became hard to manage unless I had moved over there myself.
0: Did you ever consider moving there? I
1: did. I did. But before we actually, I mean, like, I was in two minds about it. Yeah. I really love the yeah. products. I really, um, I'm passionate about the products. But I didn't know. I wasn't convinced about moving over there. And when I was tossing and turning, I started to identify a need here in the home market and as I you know did more research on that and flesh that out a bit more um, I decided to stay and launch the market launch the product here.
0: Okay all right then so did you take any learnings that you gained from launching in Japan and implement it here or did you find they're just two completely different markets and you had to approach it differently?
1: Very different markets, yeah. completely different markets even yeah. down to the, the purpose behind wearing the product. So in Japan, there are various reasons why they would wear them. They're a very considerate culture. They will wear it to protect others. They'll also wear it to um, say they're going out one day and they don't want to put makeup on. They'll wear it to conceal, it, conceal their face. Oh really? Um, yeah, it, it's crazy. Oh, they're very. Had
0: one on now. <laughs>
1: So, I mean, they are different. Whereas here, I mean, we are a culture that um, we're very busy. It's, yeah. Sydney is chaotic and we can't afford to get sick. So it's more coming from, I mean, don't get me wrong, there are definitely people who are also considerate and would wear the product to protect others. But it's also coming or more so coming from a place of you cannot afford to get sick. And so they will wear the product in certain scenarios.
0: In particular, flying.
1: Um, so our two biggest markets is not just flying, it's flying and um, immunity. So um, people who are travelling and they have um, long flights ahead of them or even short flights, are getting on a plane, can't afford to get sick at their end destination and they don't know whether they'll be sitting next to someone who is coughing and splattering. So when you've got six hours to go, it, it's, it's not very comfortable. You're in a confined space and, um, and therefore by carrying our product with them, they they feel more comfortable. They can put one on and know that they arrive at their end destination and they've avoided the spread of germs. Yeah, um, I do it myself. Not necessarily wear it every single time. There are trips where I feel like maybe I don't need to wear it, but I'm so happy I have it with me every time because there's been numerous occasions where I've put one on. Mm. So and then, um, sorry, continue. Oh no, I was going to say the other market um, is the immunodeficiency market. So people who have suppressed immunity um, for various reasons, whether it's circumstantial, hereditary, or environmental factors, um, that's when they're in a scenario where they cannot afford to get sick. Chemotherapy is a huge one where either the purchaser themselves or a friend or a family are purchasing the product for them because not only do our products offer the benefit of, of protecting their immunity whilst it's suppressed and not catching anything when they can't afford to get sick, but it also makes them feel better. Our yeah. designs are fun and and funky. It's not that surgical looking face mask, but they can coordinate their mask with their outfit, yeah. so it lifts I their spirits. That. That's what what um, drives me to do what I do.
0: Yeah, are, are you bringing out new patterns? Um, do you call them patterns, or what do you call them? Or different because st- it's the same style. It's just like a different print. So, you bring out different prints often or have you just got a core range and you you keep it at that?
1: um, This is the core range that we've entered into the Australian market. However, we look at developing maybe four designs every year.
0: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, I'm sure there's been heaps of challenges since launching this business. Are there any that really stand out and have been really big challenges in particular?
1: Um. Look, entering the Australian market definitely posed or presented some challenges. I mean, I'm aware that the Australian society, we're not used to seeing face masks. And when we do see a face mask, the association is either with hospitals where people go because they are very sick or with the Asian market. And um, what what we are trying to do here is remove the stigma from both. Um, We've identified those niche markets that I've told you and... I feel that it's important to educate the market, that it's not necessarily – our product is not necessarily targeting those markets at all. We've put designs on them because we feel that people were warm to the idea of wearing them, and and that's true. It's becoming more and more evident as as sales continue to grow that people are becoming more aware of the product. They can acknowledge the needs and the benefits behind them, and it's not necessarily associated with – with being so deathly sick that you shouldn't be out in the first place. Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, that was definitely the challenge is to educate the market. And, and I, look, I'm not crazy. I don't think that every single person will be walking the streets wearing a face mask, not yet anyway, but there are niche markets that are actually quite large.
0: I think, though, even just having them on you in your bags, they take up no space so that you've got it. If you're in a scenario where you think, gosh, I really wish I had one,
1: Exactly. I mean, look, I, I touched on two major customer groups that you know, 80% of our sales are driven by, but we've got, you know, people use them when they're cleaning. I know I do. Breathing in those really strong fumes when we're, we're cleaning out cupboards and stuff, I'll wear it because otherwise I feel my nose gets itchy, my throat gets itchy and I can't stand that. Um, wearing them when some people have purchased them for gardening um, so because they don't want to inhale those fine particles. Dust generally as well. So, or when there's a a smoke haze in the city, we get a bit of a surge in in sales there. So, there are various reasons.
0: Yeah. Are you you're selling them online? Are there any other forms of distribution?
1: So we're currently online. We've also got this shop in our shop in Double Bay, which is um, the first face mask store in the entire world that's dedicated to just selling face masks.
0: Which is pretty cool. cool.
1: Where in Double Uh, Bay are you? We're just on New South Head Road, okay. closer to the edge. Of that.
0: Wow! So, do many people know that you're there yet, or have you just recently opened that retail space?
1: No, we've been there since we've been here since 2018, um, March 2018, and the foot traffic is crazy, which is which is very exciting. But um, in addition to the um, this shopfront, we also are stocked in various different retailers so selected price lines selected hospital pharmacies we're in over um, 16 different airport terminals nationwide international and domestic which is really exciting oh that's the
0: perfect um, placement isn't it
1: yeah well the reason being is that yes a lot of customers do have that foresight that they see that they're traveling they need a product and they'll order online or come in store to get them but not many people acknowledge the need until they're at
0: yeah of course
1: and having them there it's yeah exactly that that's where people would go they think oh wait I feel like I could be coming down with something let's go grab a face mask quickly
0: makes so much sense have you been doing the distribution yourself or have you got someone doing it for you
1: we're um the current wholesaler that do the distribution at
0: this stage have you found that it's been difficult to get distribution or is it quite an easy sell-in
1: um in terms of retailers selling into retailers, that's it. Look, it's been a year that we've been doing this. Initially, I feel like as as time goes on, people are warming to the idea. They can acknowledge yeah. there actually is a need for it. Um, this time last year, it it was a struggle, but I'm finding it easier and easier as as things go, things go on or day weeks, months, time goes on, um, to get in, into retailers. They can see the need. I mean, the flu season at the moment is projected to be one of the worst we've had in a long time, um, In and that's the, a lot of the reason why people want to protect themselves from catching the flu for whatever reason it may be. Um, also, cancer is now uh, currently affecting one in two people, So, and when people are uh, undergoing chemotherapy or for whatever – you know, whatever reason it may be, they will go to, they normally go to a pharmacy to pick up supplies mm. and pharmacies are acknowledging that and are then, you know, seeing, Well, I mean, we're the first in the market here with our mm. types of product. Mm. Yeah.
0: Incredible. My gosh. But I can definitely see like a growing need for it as, you know, it's because life is getting quicker and, as you say, people do not have time to get sick. So it absolutely makes sense. Yes. Yeah. What would you say your biggest win has been so far?
1: Look, um although, you know, week to week we're getting into more retails which is very exciting and is a big win, but I think the biggest win for me was actually a feedback that I got from a customer recently. It was a phone call from a a girl who was purchasing for her sister who was undergoing chemotherapy and um she was just raving about the product saying that her sister loves them because not only is the chemo getting her down, but she's able to put the product on and it could be, I think it was the French blue mask that she had and she tied it in with a, a blue dress and she went to go visit her doctor and a doctor complimented her on her outfit and it really lifted her spirits and it made her feel a lot better given the circumstances. And to get that feedback was by far the biggest win. Oh, I've my gosh. Because,
0: because we are helping people.
1: Well, that's it. That's, yeah. that's, that's why I'm doing this. It's to see people not only benefit from the product um, from a health perspective but also lifting the spirits of, of you know, lifting their spirits, which is so exciting. It, it's so exciting.
0: Time. Yeah. There's yeah. Like hearing good feedback as a result of something that you are doing through your business is so, you know, it, it as you say, it really just lifts you up and just, you know, you just think, oh, my gosh, I'm, it's so nice to be making a change.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly right.
0: Yeah. So, what's on the cards for the rest of 2019? We want to just
1: continue to spread the word of Techmask. I want to be able to expand into more distribution channels and really get the product out there. I feel as though we're only scratching the surface, having only been here a year. And, and yeah, I'm excited to see how things go as well as introduce new designs and just continue... Um, to grow and expand
0: that's the thing i think when you first start a business it's like you as the business owner you can see where you want to go and to get distribution it does take time mean, there's so many people that you can be speaking to about this but there's only so much you can do yeah (laughs) and so you know like to get what to be where you are after one year in australia is incredible so it's just about keeping that momentum going but as you say you know distribution does tend to become a bit easier as as the momentum kicks in and as awareness, you know, is already out there as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think, again, the the stigma that we're trying to um, move away from is that people see our products and immediately associate with the Asian market. So in, initially when we first launched, I was speaking to, to retailers and they'll look at the product and think, well, our clientele isn't necessarily catering or wouldn't be interested in this product and they'd shut the door on us, which is I, I could understand but I, I didn't. Like I can see where they, what they're saying from, from that perspective, but our products aren't designed to cater to the Asian market. I mean, we did well in Japan and that was great, but we're here to target Australians and locals, which um, is making up the majority of our sales anyway, our locals.
0: Yeah. Have you spent any time interstate getting distribution in different areas?
1: So we are in um, Melbourne, Flinders Street Station in Melbourne, which is doing quite That's well. That's a good location. Yes, which was good. Otherwise, in terms of interstate, we're focusing on Sydney at the moment. Yeah. We're small. business. sales channels are, I mean, um, sales is hard. Um, I think another thing I've learned over time is to build up the courage to, I've always loved sales and dealing with people, but when it's a product that you started and you're passionate about and to get the door slammed in your face, it is hard to deal with to begin mm. with. Um, but... You know, it's also I am one person. We are slowly growing as a team. We are getting more sales reps on. So maybe over time we can start looking into um, different interstate markets.
0: Yeah. I think like sort of like focusing on one state at a time is definitely a really good approach because then the more people that hear and see in a certain area, then it becomes easy to get more distribution in there and then you go and tackle the next one. Yeah. Are you in the international airports? Yes,
1: we actually just, as of last week, AMCAL Pharmacy just stopped us in the Sydney International Airport and we're also in um, a few other international airports nationwide.
0: Yeah, great. Oh, my gosh, this is fabulous. All right, so where can everyone find you?
1: So... If you visit our website, we have our full stockers page available on there. But um, we are online. We have our our shopfront in Double Bay, and we're in various um, different retail outlets. So, Priceline, uh, Prince of Wales Hospital Pharmacy stockers, um, uh, that Amcal Pharmacy, different Newslink and Relay stores throughout the airports. Um, yeah, the Stockist list is available on our website.
0: All right, and tech mask is spelled T E C M A S K. When when you buy a pack, there's five in a pack. Is that correct?
1: Yes. Yeah. So there's five masks in a pack for twelve ninety
0: nine. Yeah. Oh gosh, fabulous, Maddie. Thank you so much for joining us here today.
1: Thank you, Alison. I really appreciate it.